I want to I focus on something today. Uh, what I want to focus on, there are three things that I'm focusing on in this teaching. Uh, I'm going to give you my subject first is uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. We are in the NLT today. Uh, let's go there. 1 Corinthians 13 and 13, just one verse. 1 Corinthians 13 and 13. There are three words that we want to make sure that you have uh, in your vocabulary. I got a new word. I got a new word for you today. I want, I want to make sure I keep you thinking. Amen. Uh, you want to write it down. It's the word hybrid. I know. A lot of you are driving in cars and they're called hybrid. You need to know what a hybrid is. Now, last, last week, well, let me give you my subject first. First Corinthians 13, 13, we're going to give you that out to NLT. Uh, that's, the, that's the Bible we're going to read out today, the King James and the NLT. But in the, in the NLT in First Corinthians 13, 13 is what I'm waiting for. It says three things. Will last forever. So if you don't have your NLT Bible, you can look at the screen. I want to make sure if you're watching me on Facebook, and I want to say good morning. Let's say good morning to our Facebook audience. I forgot to do that. Come on, let's give them a big hand. Thank you for watching us this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. All right. Now, now remember, we have 2.89 billion people who watches us on Facebook. Now, you may say, well, Pastor, don't look. I have mine, you got yours. I'm believing God for everyone, amen? All right. Now, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, watch what it says. It says, three things will last forever. Three things. He told him what they were. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Now, that's what we own now. We already told you what faith was for. God gave you faith. So you can receive and get all of his blessings, right? So I said it this way. Faith receives what grace has provided. But another word for grace, because grace is a place, all right? It's also a place where God has put you for us in Christ. So that place is called love, and that's why we're going to talk about today. All right? Now, every believer... When you got born again, God put you in the love of God. He put you in his love. All right. So we want to look at something. And uh, three things that remain. So we're going to talk about love, the power in God's kingdom. Say that with me. Love, the power in God's kingdom. Now, it's so important. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 before we go anywhere. We're still looking at the... Uh, NLT for a while. First Corinthians 4, verse 19 and 20. Just two verses. Remember, we taught on that because we got a teaching that says the kingdom of God come with power. So all those things were leading up to what we're talking about today. The kingdom of God come with power. Well, this power we talk about is God's love. All right. So if you got the kingdom or if you have Christ in you, then you have been empowered with love. So this is why I say to people, if you would, would not mean, but the Bible says, examine yourself. That's in 2 Corinthians. 
in 2 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 13 uh, told us in verse 5, examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you're not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobate. See, it's on the screen. He told you examine yourself. See, I, I, don't, I don't have to do that. I'm not your, your father, your God, your Lord, your none of that stuff. But you're supposed to examine yourself. I'm your pastor. So I give you counsel. I give you direction through the, through the word. Examine yourself. You know whether you have God's love in you or not. Now, let me say this to you. You can't love me with your love. That's why you got to make sure it's God's love. See, what people are doing, they're not saved. They don't have the love of God in them, and they're trying to love people who ain't lovable. You can't do it because your love will not last long enough. See, the love I'm talking about lasts forever. See, so your love, the love of God will be there tomorrow to love them tomorrow, to love them the next day, and to love them the next day. See, if that's not you, then you don't have that kind of love. So that's what we did. You got to get this morning tape. I can't go over all these things over again. But I want to show you about God's love today. Love is the power in God's kingdom. So you in God's kingdom, what is his, what is his power? Love. All right. Now, we call it grace, but grace also is God's love. See, God's love to man is, is God's grace. That's why grace is called the finished work of Christ. It's what God did for you. See, it's what God gave you. It's what God did for you. It's called grace. It's God's love. So I want to I deal with today uh, three things. I, I told you, you can, you can write these down. I, I'm, I'm going to do 1 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse 19. That's where we are, right? We are reading, we are reading NLT. It says, but I will come. Watch what Paul says. I will come and, and soon. If the Lord let me. And then I find whether there are these arrogant people just give plenty of speeches or whether they really have God's power. Now, this is what the Apostle Paul has said. He said, when I come, I'm going to find out do they really have God's power. They are a lot of talk. All right. And, and verse number 20 said, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. See, the thing about it is you, you just can't just talk, talk, talk. That's not the kingdom. See, you had a lot of people with a lot of gifts. That's why you had 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But God talked about love in chapter 13 because he let you know you got all of these things in chapter 12. But if you don't have love, which is in the middle. See, if you got chapter 12, chapter 14, it talks about all the gifts. Chapter 13 is right in the middle. So if you don't have love, none of that stuff works. It's become a lot of talk. Right. All right. It says in, in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's a living, it's a living by God's power. Now, you remember, I, t I gave you a scripture uh, last week, week before last, gave it to you two weeks in a row. And I told you this. I says, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. I'm trying to see how many people have that one down. We live by believing and not by seeing. We got that from Sister Jessica Walker. She owned that thing today, didn't she? 
She bail y'all out. You ought to give a big hand. Y'all sitting here, that girl bail you out. Because I'm, I'm, I'm coming down, getting ready to like, explode. Like you ain't got that. All right. We live, there it is. We live by believing. I told you, you got to write that down. He told you how you live. And people will sit in the church and question the word and wonder why they don't live. This is how you live. You live by believing, not by seeing. See, before you were saved, you live by seeing. You had to see everything. Show me. Not in the kingdom. All right, so watch what he's going to say here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 20 says, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's, a, it's living by God's power. So now he, just, he didn't tell you just living. He told you how you got to live. See, he told you, you, you just shall live by faith. So he already gave you a, a church of it, didn't he? Now you got to add love with the faith. Because they work together. That's how you live. God gave you the faith. He gave you the grace, which is his love. And that's how you're supposed to live every day. All right, watch what else he says. Which do you choose? He asked the question. Should I come with to, with, to you with a rod or punish you? Or should I come with love or, and, and also gentle spirit? So we have to understand that if we're going to live, like I told you, everybody's not going to be able to go with us where we're going now. I told you there were, there were different moves. There were different moves, spiritual moves. You got people be with us physically. They'll be here physically, but they're not going to go with you spiritually. The first move we had was on Elizabeth Lake Road 23 years ago. Some of y'all don't realize we came here in 99. Amen. By coming here in 99, how many years you been here? I'm just going to give you all that hard work. This is 21. See, y'all be, do, 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 do. Can't, can't you, you, ain't you got that? You got 22 years. Glory to God. 22 years. I'm going to help y'all out. You do know it's 22 years now, right? That's how long you've been here. 1999, 2021. And this happened to be October. How many remember the, 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 uh, the month we moved in? September 99. That's what I'm trying to get. See, you got to leave. If you're going somewhere, at least you ought to know the move. You got to know what happened. Now it's 22 years later. We're having a spiritual move. God's about to take us high in the spirit realm. And watch this, and deeper in love. We got to learn how to love. I'm going to show you a verse. I'm not there yet. I'm giving you these three. I'm not going to bother that because I got so much word in me right now. Uh, I'm going to give you three things I want to talk about in God's love. Today, we're going to do number one. Number one love we're going to talk about is God's love to man. Now, we're not going to change the subject or nothing like that. We're just going to teach them as we get to them. It's God's love to man. What we want to look at today is what? God's love to man. Say, God love to me. So then after that, I'm going to teach you the second kind of love. It's your love 
to God. Your love is a response to God's love. Say, my love is a response to God's love. So you have to understand this kind of talk because this is marriage talk. This is covenant talk. See, love is a covenant word. Now, then we're going to go to the third one and we're going to deal with our, my love to one another. My love to you. Your love to me. That's going to be the third love. So we want to show you how to do it. I, I, I'm, I'm saying this because somebody can find me this verse of scripture. I will give you this one. We are taught by God to love one another. See, my point is, if I don't teach you, you never know how to love. That's why so many people don't know how to love. You're trying to love like somebody else loves. That, that that's puppy love like this. That's puppy love. <laughs> that's pseudo love, that kind of stuff. I want to teach you how to love. I want to teach you how to love. First, we're going to show you how God loved to you. The Bible said we are taught of God to love one another. See, see I, so knowing these kind of things, I know my responsibility. My responsibility is to teach you the word. Because if you don't know the word, you can't love. And most people that can't love, and they don't know they can't love. They think what they're doing is love. Now, this morning I gave you 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter uh, 13 out of the NLT. I'm just going to go there and read that through because I want to put that on each tape because I, I just want you, when you hear it, hopefully the Holy Ghost will convict you to stop lying because you ain't loving nobody. You know, a lot of people, I know I'm loving. See, we ain't there yet. I'm just going to show you God's love to us because when I get to our love to one another, we're going to show you... I can ask you one question and know you ain't loving. Just one question. First Thessalonians 4 9. We're going to do that first. Uh, we're going to do it out of the, the King James Version. See, I, can, I can ask you one question and know you ain't loving. And just shut you up right now. You'll be like, okay, Pastor. Okay, maybe I ain't loving. Hallelujah. How many know what that question is? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Let me, let me get you. Here we go. Let me, I'm going to show you how you can know, Yancy. How often do you pray for me? Can I move on now? See, when people is not praying for people, you're not loving them. Or not according to this book. See, See, God has taught me so much, and I want to teach you if you would just act like you don't know. That's how you get it. It's free. But you think you got it, you don't get it. You're saying you love your wife. How often do you pray for your wife? Don't want to fuss today. Want to cool, dude. Cool, dude. Do you understand? Every day. God showed me to pray for your wife. I saw some things in my wife's life, some areas in my wife's life. God said, pray for that. That's in my prayer. That's in my prayer book. You can't get it done by talking and boohooing and 
all this other stuff. You got to pray. One of the greatest tools you got to use if you're going to walk in love, you got to pray, especially when I get to one another. Oh, he did say pray one for another, didn't he? Mm, yeah, we'll get there. And people say, oh, I love you. Love you. When last time you prayed for me? See, you got to understand something. That love is an action word. It's something you got to do when you love people. See, I have you on my list. I can name the people in here right now. I'm not looking at nobody, but I got them on my list. If, I, if you ever showed me a weakness in your life, I got you on my list. And if I laid hands on you and prayed for you in this church, you on my list. There wasn't a one-time one thing. Four o'clock in the morning, I'm praying for you. Now, I'm not, I'm not thank God for clapping, but this is what God showed me. He said, look, you the pastor of the church. I taught this. My wife is going to water it soon. In the series of, of this series I'm teaching right now is Paul Preached Christ. And in that series, I started out in one of those teachings is Paul prayed for the church. Hmm. You remember that, don't you? Look at somebody and say, you remember that? Sure you did. And then I taught on one, the church prayed for Paul. See, if you really, you go back and look at the teachings, because if you really love me, I'm your pastor. I'm the one that brought God you to give you the word for your life. If you're going to pray for anybody, I ought to be your pastor. Amen. You want to make sure that God is using him and giving me the word? That's why when you always go to a restaurant, you don't know the cook. So that means you ought to pray, vote before you eat. First Corinthians chapter 13. Hallelujah. Now you see why I'm sitting down. First Thessalonians 4, and what verse? 7, right? 9. Let, let's look at that. Uh, let's, where you at, whatever you're at right now, give me that. Is that where you are right now? First Thessalonians? All right. Okay, here we go. Furthermore, but as touching brother of love, ye need not that I write to you, for yourself also are what? You need to read it. I'm, I'm trying to give you something. You are taught of God to do what? So if I don't teach you the word, how are you going to love one another? You don't love one another just because you're just smart. You got to have Christ in you, yes, but you have to be taught to love. That's why people don't know how to love their wives. I'm not talking about no captivity. They're so scared of you, they won't say nothing, won't go nowhere. They ain't no love. If they love, if, when, a, when a person is not healing, see, I, I'm telling you, I, I've been there before. I know what loving my wife is. She has to have her freedom. My wife has to be able to get in her car and go somewhere and, and go somewhere if it ain't nowhere with miles. What is it called? Miles? She go to Myers so much I call it Myers. Hey. Because they need to get away from me sometime. 
you marry, you marry, but you need to feel like I can get in the car by myself and go to the store and I don't have to come back like, well, you been, well, you, oh, come on. You went through that before you got married. Hallelujah. I'm telling you where I was. I was jealous. And my wife went somewhere, she had to take either Renee or Sandra or Earl or John. Somebody get in that car. <laughs> Hallelujah. You get it. All right, here we go. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. And we're going to look at, are y'all, y'all loving on me out there? I'm going to teach you how to love. By the spirit of a living God, I'm going to teach this church how to love. That's my assignment. And we're going to learn how to pray for one another. No talking, no putting them down, no speaking evil of, not all this old negative stuff. You're going to go in your closet and you're going to shut your door and open your mouth. That's how you're going to do it. Then you're going to talk to the Lord about me and about other people. That's how you do it. All right. Now, 1 Corinthians 13, 1, we are now in verse 1. We're going to go through this quickly because we went through a 9 o'clock tape. All right, we're going to go to 1 John after this. We still got 2 Corinthians. We got a whole lot of stuff. All right, so let's go to, let's go to 1 John after this, okay? 1 John 4. We'll show you that in a minute. Okay, now let's go to verse 1. We are in 1 Corinthians 13. 1. If I could speak all the languages of the earth, I'm reading out the NLT, so you may have to follow me on the screen. If I could speak all the languages of the earth, all human languages, if I could speak all the languages of angels, but don't love others, I would only be a noisy gong. You heard the gong show, right? And a clinging symbol. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, even sacrifice my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love is not boastful. Love is not proud. And love is not rude. It does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. Love keeps no record of being wronged. Love does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoice whenever the truth wins out. Love never give up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful. Love endures through every circumstances. Prophecies, speaking unknown tongue, and speaking in special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial, it's incomplete. Even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the times of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spake and I thought and I reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. 
Now we see things imperfectly, like das puzzling the reflections in a mirror. But then we will be seen, we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial, incomplete. But then I would know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. See, we'll know him even as we are known. That's what he's talking about. These three things will last forever. Was closed out chapter 13. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So we're going to talk about love today. Now we're going to go to 1 John chapter 4 because we want to go back and look at God's love. God's love for us. Now let's go to 1 John chapter 4. We want to look at number one, God's love for us. Now, because we didn't start off loving God. We want to make sure you understand that. You did not start off loving God. We're going to start off verse 7. First, see, we got we to admit it and quit it. We can't, we can't keep living a lie. We got to come open to God. Open, bear open with God. You'll never get total deliverance if you don't learn how to be open with God. You can't receive counsel from God unless you are open with God. Your heart must be open to receive it. You can't think you already got it. When you have a weakness, you got to let God help you. He's your father and you can't keep hiding it. All right. First, first John 4, 7. That's where we're at. 1 John 4, 7. Now, we're going to read that to the end of the chapter, and we want, we want to show you something here. 1 John 4, 7. And we want to stress verse number 8. Uh, we're going to read 7 through 13, but we want to stress verse number 8. Then we're going to add verse 16. All right? Here we go. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God. And God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. God is love. See, what's happened is we are saying we belong to God and we are God's children, but we are not like our father. If you're going to be like your father, you've got to learn how to love. And, but you, this is not just taught by just somebody teaching you. You are taught to love one another, but it's through the word. So that's why you got to come here. You need to be here. Learn how to love. See, you don't walk out on anybody you love. See, all that's going to come out, right? Right. Uh, now watch this. First John chapter number four. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Verse nine. God shows how much he loves us. Here's the key. God shows. It's not, when you love, it's, it's a doing, it's action. God loves. He shows us how much he loves us by sending his own son, his only son, into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. See, it's not just talk. Not that we love God, 
but that he loved us past him. And he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That's his love for us. We're going to show you, we're showing you God's love. Dear friend, since God so loved us, dear friend, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. See, we are saying it. We, we do a lot of talk. But we ain't loving nobody. I'm telling you how to live like your daddy, your father. His love. Now watch this again. First John chapter four. Since God so loved us that much, we ought to love one another. Not no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us. Listen to listen. You don't have to preach. Just don't go home tired. Just listen. If we if we if God is in here, then why ain't we loving? See, we are saying, see, Christ is the spirit of love. God, the father is love. God saved you. He puts you in his love. And yet you ain't loving. Something wrong. Something's wrong. And I believe it is. God needs to teach us how to love. That's my prayer for you. All right. Not that we love God. But that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. Dear, dear friend, verse 11, since God so loved us that much, surely we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love, if we love each other, God lives in us. His love is brought to full expressions in us. Now, remember, that's where we had it. We want God's love to be Brought to perfection in us. That's what you, that's your growth. That's your spiritual growth. When you get born again, God puts your soul in Christ. But it, your, but now your, but now your soul must grow in love. That's how you grow. This is how the church grows. We're going to show you that in Ephesians four in just a moment. This is how how the church grows. So watch what it says in verse number. 13, for God has not given us, for God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. So if you don't have, the, that's why I keep saying, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you got to go all the way back to point number one. That's what the cross is for. So to make sure you have the Holy Spirit, because you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't love. You can't be patient with somebody. You can't be, you'll be rude to people. See, you can hurt people. You, you, you can have people scatter you and you ain't got no gun. You ain't got nothing. They just scatter you. Because they know if they said the wrong thing to you, they're going to get. See, you, you, listen, the word said, fathers provoke not your children to wrath. But he told you something else to do. Bring them up in the fear and ammunition of the Lord. If I don't teach my children to love me, 
they would obey me out of fear. I don't want my children to obey me because they're scared of me. God don't want us to be obedient to him because we're scared of him. That's how it was in the old covenant. He wants us to serve him with love. That's why the word of God said, serve one another. See, all that's under that other city. Serve one another with, with love. With love, serve one another. God don't want you serving him scared. That's what happened with people in the old company. Every time they go in the thing, they think they're going to see an angel or something, and they were scared to death. God don't want you serving him like that. He wants you, he wants you to live for him because you love him. Amen. My wife don't want to be with me because she's scared of me. It's something to be, you, well, you'll know she's scared of me once you get with, with her and say, well, let's go to dinner, sister cook. She's scared to even go to dinner with somebody. When you gonna let her go to dinner? She's been married to you 52 years, Pastor. You understand what I mean? See, we gotta understand. We gotta face this thing. Listen. We're gonna love in this house. Second Corinthians, let's go to Second Corinthians. I don't wanna say the same thing. I don't wanna, I, I, I mean, I'm not there yet. I want to just show God's love to us. First uh, John chapter 4, and I want to go to verse number 16. That's why I am. First John 4, 16. See, at first John 4, 16, we have, we have to understand that just talking this stuff, it, it's, it's, it's getting down to the, to the fine print now. Because this is what it's all about right here. Watch what it says. We know how much God loves us. How in the world can I know how much God loves me? How much? Yeah, it's in the book. And we put, and we have put our trust, watch this, in his love. So when you say you trust God, what you saying? I put my trust in his love. I know I can count on him. I know his love won't fail me. I have trusted him for my life. Amen. I go to bed every day. I go to bed every night believing God would take care of me. Amen. That's how you're supposed to live. Every day you get in your car, you ought to believe God going to take care of you. Watch what he says. We know how much God loves us and we put, we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who lives in love lives in God. And God lives in them. Let me say it again. God is love. All who live in love live in God. God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So that's why once you get put in God's love as a plant, your soul get planted in Christ's love, now your soul must begin to grow in grace, grow in love. So that means you ought to be loving more now than you were when you started out 
That's what I'm talking about. So you look at your life, how much have you grown spiritually since you've been put in God's love? It's just like if I put a plant outside and plant in the ground. That plant ought to be bringing forth fruit by now. What about you? You've been planted in God's love. That's what you got to understand. This is not a game. We know how much God loves us. We have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in, in love lives in God. God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfectly. Why, Pastor? So we would not be afraid of, of judgment. That's where they were. They didn't have to worry about judgment. They was in God's love. You don't have to worry about nothing when you're in God's love. The Bible says God keeps us in perfect peace. Somebody say amen. All right. Now, let's, we, we're talking about in God's love. Let's go to Philippians 1 and 6. We, we read not the NLT today. We just might as well admit it. <laughs> Praise God. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Now, I'm going to start reading with verse 1. I need to read all of that. And then I'm going to go to Philippians chapter 2. And then I'm going to start reading with verse 12. Philippians chapter 1. We're going to start reading verse 1. Now, this is Paul ministering to the church of Philippi. Now, why is he using Philippi? Because the word Philadelphia means itself brotherly love. What does it mean by the word Philadelphia? Right. So when the word Philippi, because you got the Philly, you got the Philly, Philly, that love. Philly. Philio. All right. So Philadelphia means brotherly love. All right. So this is the church that supported his ministry. Philadelphia. They took up money and supported his ministry so he could be able to do the work of God. All right. So that's why they were called this church. Okay. Uh, I think you need to focus on things. Okay, you got me here? All right. Verse 1. We're in Philippians chapter 1. All right. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I'm writing you all of God's holy people in Philippi, who belong to Christ, including the elders and the deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make... What, what? Now remember, I told you, if, if, if you love me, you're supposed to be doing what? Pray. There you go. See, when Paul talked to the church about how much he loved, loved them, he always talked about how much he prayed for them. See, when you are loving somebody, you bearing one another's burdens. You know what they feel. You know what they're going through. If you'll be a person of prayer, you'll be able to, a whole lot of people God will speak to you about, and you'll be able to put them in your prayer book. That's one book you need to buy. You need to buy a book, turn it into a prayer book. Amen. Put people in there that you meet throughout your life, throughout your day. People in the church will tell you, I'm going through something right now. And uh, they'll tell you, would you remember me in prayer? Did you do it? Did you write it down? Don't answer that question. Let's move on. 
But see, that's how I did for years. See, I don't mind about confessing my faults because I'm a free man. I'm a free man. But see, I was, I was, I was like, you know, people said to me, Pastor Crump, not, not remember now, a whole, a whole lot of folk calls me. And I have to pray for them immediately. But the key is, once you pray for the person and it was well, I got this later on my prayer, on my prayer book about her foot. Her foot's, her foot's fine, but I'm, I got on my prayer book. She, her name won't come off the list. I got Brother Nathaniel back there. Don't know, got his whole family on my list. When situation comes up, Brother Gene here, situation came up in his life. Never stop praying for him. Every day. I'll never stop praying for him. I got that name side by side. Gene and Kathy. I can see it right now. You know we got our own, our own Diana. That's what I call her Diana. You look so much like Diana. I'm kidding me. <laughs> I was watching that the other day. The, the, the princess, and that's the Frenchman over there. Ain't that pretty? That's my brother and sister right there, boy. Right. Now, them, that, that lady right there, she loved them girls. She loved her girls and her, and her grands. Praise God. Make Gene a granddaddy. Hey, Papa. All right. But see, I, I, I got people on my list. And I treat, I treat them just like I'm talking to her right there when I'm praying. See, you got you to treat people when you're praying for somebody. They real people. Amen. And I really believe every situation in your life will begin to change. You begin to pray for one another. You know what? You know what? When I get to that, guess what happened with Job? Remember what turned the captivity, how Job's captivity turned? It's when he prayed for his friends. See, I really believe a whole lot of things will change in your life if you begin to pray for somebody else. I really believe that. You'll take your focus off yourself. Now it'll be on somebody else. Watch what it happened. We'll leave Philippians chapter number. He says, every time I think of you, we're in verse number three. There we go. He said, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partner in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I'm certain that God who began a good work within you. Look at that word come out for them people. But I'm certain that God, who has begun a good work in you, will continue his work in you until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. They was waiting on Christ's return. You ain't waiting on that. It says, God, let's go, let's show it to you, Philippians chapter 2. And let's go down and look at uh, verse number 12. Oh, shoot, I can't go there. Verse 1. I got to get some of that. Well, I can't do attitudes right now, do I? Because I got to do that when I get on you. Let's go to, let's go to uh, verse number 12. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. Oh, man, go to verse 1. <laughs> can't you hear it in the spirit like, come on, Pastor, do verse 1. Let's go to verse 1. 
Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are you, are your hearts tender and compassionate? Put that word down, compassionate. Because if you really have God's love in you, you are a compassionate person. Now, if you're not compassionate, you'll be compassionate when the day is over. I'm going to keep ministering to you until you become compassionate. It's two words together. Somebody said compassionate. Right. Compassionate is, is a word that you got, got two words mixed together. Uh, God, man. I'm, you know, I gave you that word on the word mule before. And I told you I'm going to give you a word called hybrid. This is, this is the same word as compassionate. Compassionate has, has the same thing. It, it's, it's two words together. Mixed together. You got joy and sorrow in one word. It's, it's the word compassionate. It's how you get the word hybrid. Some of you drive cars and you pull up to the stop sign. They cut off. And if you don't know what's going on, you're scared you to death. Oh, my God. The thing just cut off. Then all of a sudden, <clears throat> you go back. you're driving a hybrid. See, a hybrid is a mixture. Gas and electric. That's why they've been doing hybrids for so long. Now they're going all electric. You understand that, right? Hybrid means what? Mixture. Some of y'all need to learn how to spell it. H-Y-B-R-I-D, right? All right. So that's why a, a mule is a hybrid. Because he's a mixture of a horse and a donkey. Now that's what I was going to show you the last time. You can have mostly, it, it, it can happen other way, but it's mostly, mostly a donkey male and a, a horse and it's a female horse. You'll call a female horse. Anybody know what? A mare. A mare. Thank you. It's a female That boy from Wisconsin, he know what I'm talking about. But if it's a female horse, you don't call a horse a female. She's a mare. All right? Well, you put a mare with a donkey, you get a mule. Now, a mule is, is for labor. He cannot reproduce. You only birth him to work. Just like his stubborn daddy, the donkey. See, y'all be like, stubborn daddy, who are you talking about? The donkey. Talking about the donkey. If anybody got a donkey, you see him on television, you always sit down when he get ready, he ain't going to do nothing. But he, he, he. I'm from the plantation, okay? All right. All right, let's move on. So that's why they have donkeys, because they work in different places. They need a, 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 something that'll work. A donkey will, uh, I'm sorry, a mule will work. That's all he'll do. He'll work until he kills himself. Not a donkey. Donkey get tired. Donkey sit down. Donkey ain't going nowhere. You, have you ever seen the picture when it, when the donkey sit back on his back leg like that? 
ain't going nowhere. If he's going to endanger his life, he's not going to help you. If you want him to cross that water, he thinks he's going to get killed, he ain't going. <laughs> well, let's move on from that, huh? All right, but I was showing you the word hybrid, and we have to understand that's the word compassionate. All right, now watch, watch this word, because compassionate is two words together. It is your love for somebody and your pity, both together in one word, called compassionate. All right, you get that because you're full of love. That's how God is. God is compassionate. He sees us in his love, and he wants to help us, but the only way he's going to help us he have to have pity on us. You ever notice there's some people you say you're not going to help, but because of the love of God in you, you help them anyway. You're, you're a compassionate person. All right. Now watch what it says. In, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number uh, 12 says, I'm sorry, verse 12 says, Dear friend, I'm sorry, I'm not there yet. Oh, my God. All right. Now, I'm in what verse? I'm still in verse one. Verse two said, uh, I just did compassion, didn't I? Your your heart has to be tender. Tender heart and compassion. Then Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one another, one mind and one purpose. Don't be selfish. If you notice, he's always teaching how to live. That's Paul teaching, how to live. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Now, that's when you love it. See, you, anytime you put yourself first, you are not loving. Love is always others before you. Don't look out only for your own interests but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ had for you. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. There that privileges are again. And guess who got them? Some of y'all did not, must not have heard that you are in grace means you are in divine privileges. You have now divine privileges. Remember I talked about the Marriott? When they give you an upgrade, you have divine privileges. That's what he's talking about. Grace is a divine privilege. All right. And this is how you got it. Christ gave up his divine privileges and took the humble position of a slave. That's why when I get to 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, verse 9, though he was rich, for our sake, he became poor. That through his poverty, we might be made rich. So everything you got is because Christ gave up his divine privileges and became poor as a slave to make you rich with your father. That's why we love him. That's why we appreciate him. See, God shows us his love to us. That's how you love him. See, you don't love him because you love him. You love him because you learned that he first loved us. Once you've learned how much he really loved you and what he gave up so you can be with him, 
it causes us to love him. You can't help from loving God. And that's why I want to keep you. I want to bring you to a place for you have that. I can't help it. All right. And he was born of a human being, as a human being. And the next verse says, verse, it says, when he appeared in human form. Verse 8 says, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal death on the cross. And I don't think people realize to die on the cross made you a criminal. His God's son died on the cross for our sins as a criminal so we could be rich in the Father's sight. So we could sit in his place of honor. What an awesome God. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor, gave him the name above all names. And at that name, Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, on the earth, and every tongue confess Jesus Lord to the glory of God the Father. Then he goes said, dear friends, you always follow my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am all, that now I'm away, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Now, what is he going to tell you to do? It's the love. So when you loving people, you are working hard to show the results of your salvation. Some people are hard cases. I'm telling you right now. You're going to need the love of God or you won't stay in the race. Some folk going to hurt your feeling. Some folk going to have you crying when you go home at night. But hang on in there. It's going to be the same way tomorrow. I hope you heard that. You come back, they're going to hurt you tomorrow. And I'm telling you right now, but that's why you're going to need God's love for real. You can't have no phony love. God's love never fails. God's love never quits. God's love endures forever. Tell somebody, I'll be, I'll be back tomorrow. See, you got this job where folks hurt your feeling. Your first day, you thought you're going to have it easy. And everybody hurt your feeling. But tell somebody, I'll be back tomorrow. See, you got to understand that. You got to learn how to love folk. And sometimes folk are hard cases. But God want to know, are you going to love? Are you ready to love? Anybody quit and go home. And that's what folks do. I'm going home. Got to give my ball, my bat. I'm going home. Watch what it says. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. God is working in you. Oh, my God. How many can see it now? Watch what it says. He's not, he's not just working in them. He's working in you. Them folks hurting your feeling, but God working in you. What is God doing, Pastor? That's why we have a Romans 5. All these things that's going on in your life is going to make you better. You're not ready for promotion if you ain't had your feeling hurt a few times. If the person who's working in the plant can hurt your feeling, you can quit. 
What you gonna do when you get over here supervising? And they gonna hurt your feeling over here too? You gonna quit that too? That's what happened with people. The bigger the job, the bigger the hurts. More nights you're going to have to cry. You'll cry so much you'll say, do you, do you think it worked? Sister <laughs> so, 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 so Nolan talking about, you had a good job, you'd be sitting up there on, on your job, up on your bench, and folks would come by there and talk about you like a job, like a dog, you'd be like, man, I can't believe they, they hate on me like that. Danny, you had, had what my boy Danny, you know what I mean, Danny know what I mean, he had one of them either job. Don't let him fool you, he had one of them either job. <laughs> Folks, it hurt your feelings, won't it, man? It make you feel like you want to quit. Just like, you going to quit that good job? You have somebody walk up to you, you going you gonna to quit that good job? You feel like quitting, you be like, I'll see you tomorrow. Because love ain't going to give up on you. You not, can't give up on God. God working in you. Watch what he says. For God is working in you. Do you see it up there? Put it back up there again. In the NLT, it says in, in, in first, uh, Ephesians 2, Philippians 2, I'm sorry, and verse 13. Watch what it says. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what he please, what pleases him. He's working in you to give you the power. He's working in you to give you the power. He's he working in you. He want to give you everything you need. He's working in you. Are you telling me hurting my feeling like that, people? He's working in you. That's why the Bible says, God who worketh in you, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. But God can't give you, listen, he have to add to your love. Just like add to your faith, he adds to your love. He's perfecting your love. See, the more people you love, the stronger your, the stronger your love gets. And the stronger your faith gets. See, there's some folks you haven't accomplished yet. There are some folks you're going to have to conquer. That's how you got to think. They don't think I can love them. I'm tell you, they next on my list. I'm going to spoil them with love. Now, that's how I treat my wife. My wife will tell you, every day of the week, I call her, I say, what do you want? What do you need? Can I bring you anything? <sighs> now, you know Sister Crump. That's how Sister Crump. <sighs> Don't I, don't I do it? Every day. You know why I say it? I'm going to spoil her in love. I'm not just teaching this to you. Because if I can't love her, how can I love you? That's why when you come to this church, you'll be like, Pastor, I don't need nothing. I've had Pope walk up and say, listen, I don't need nothing. Because they no good and well before they leave out of here, I'm going to have something in your hand or something. Because God loveth, he should, ooh, when he showed me that, he loveth a cheerful giver. And then he said he's able to make all grace abound. Oh, God. You see, I didn't want to have to go there, but we got to go there now. Let me, finish, let me finish this. Let me finish this here. 
Work hard to show you the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the, and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything. Look at that next verse. Without complaining. Did he say everything? Did he, wait, did, wait a minute. Did he say everything? Everything without plain, or complaining and everything without arguing. But see, I just did just tell you about, my, about myself and my wife. When I walk in my house, you know, my, wall said, my wife would say to me, you need anything? When she gets up in the morning, she said, you want breakfast? What do you like? Now, that's how she treats me. She treats me like a king. That's why I'm using uh, Diana's sister over there and G. Prince, princess over there, the king. All right. But that's how she treats me. When I get up in the morning, don't you, don't you do that? Every morning. See what you what you eating for breakfast. If I say anything, whatever I say, that's what she get. That's what that's in there. When I go in there and sit down, it's already right here. She'll come in and say, "Come on, your food's ready." You want you want coffee with that? You want tea with that? You want orange juice with that? Your breakfast ready. That's how she treats me. So I'm I'm like this here. I'm I, I'm this kind of person. You got to know your pastor. I'm like my daddy. You ain't going to beat me, give it. <laughs> no, that's a challenge. You're not going to beat me, give it. I'm going to find some way to bless you. I believe that's how God looks at it. I believe God loves our cheerful giver. He looks at some way to bless you. It's an awesome thing. So that's how my wife is. I look for, I look for some kind of way to bless her. Some kind of way. I try to do it with my children. I want to make sure. I love to see that smile on their face. I love to see that joy in their heart. You can make it happen. You watch Barbara back there. So the Barbara King, do we have to ask? That man beside her give her anything. She act like she won't. <laughs> Am I lying, brother? He sees it back there. He loved that woman. She loves him. That's the way it's supposed to be. We got the herds over here in the corner. Am I lying back in that corner, herds? Will you, will you give me anything? Shoot. But that's how it have to be. Listen, you spoil them in love. And there's some people that you can't get along with. I'm going to show you how to get them. You got to start loving them. got to start loving them. You're not going to get them. I don't want nothing to do with them. <laughs> Stay away from them. You ain't going to win nobody. There are some people you need to win over for the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, the only way you're going to do it, you're going to have to do it, you got to love them. He said, do everything without complaining, without arguing, so that no one can criticize you. Live a clean, innocent life as children of God. Shining like bright lights as children of God. Bright lights. In a world full of crooked and perverse people. See, you already live in a world where people are crooked. You know they're perverse and they're crooked. That, don't, that shouldn't be the way you are. 
You shouldn't be that way. Amen. I gave you one verse. I said, I'm going to go to it. What was it? Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians 8. I do that one this time. I do Second Corinthians 9 next time. My time already gone. Second Corinthians chapter 8. We're going to start reading verse number 1. Second Corinthians 1. We read not the NLT. Now watch this. This is so awesome. It says, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches of Macedonia. We're reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. He says, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles. They are very poor. Just think about it. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. Now, these are poor people. Paul said, I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. Paul was taking up an offering that he's going to take to the poor people that had been in famine in Jerusalem. And he went to Corinth and they were poor Gentiles. They gave of their sales. They gave so much to Paul and Paul had to, he felt like I can't take no more from y'all because you can't, you don't, you can't afford to give that. That's how these people gave. They begged Paul to take it. They even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to. They, had, they did that. See, that's what God wants for you is to give yourself to the Lord. So we urge Titus who encouraged your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish the ministry of giving since you excel in so many ways in your faith and your gifted, as a gift, gifted speaker, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love for us, I wanted you also to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Now, why is he saying that? See, he's going to do that. The next time I teach, I'm going to show you 2 Corinthians 9, which comes after, shows your love. See, that same verse in the King James said, prove the sincerity of your love. In the King James, the same verse 8. Prove the sincerity of your love. He says, I'm not commanding you to do this, but I'm testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of other churches. I'm not commanding you to give, but I want to see your love. See, when he said God love a cheerful giver and God is able to make all grace abound toward them. So here's a person that didn't understand they had something financially 
But God wants to give them things spiritually. He wants to make them rich in Christ. But they have to be givers. I'm not going to be able to go any further. In that, it's, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of fraud. And it's other King James said, prove the sincerity of your love. Prove your, so when you give, you are proving the sincerity of your love. See, it ain't about talking. So when you give of yourselves, when you give things to the church, to the Lord, you're proving your love. God so loved the world that he talked. You can't prove your love by talking. Let me go. Christ died for me. Everything I have, he gave it to me. Everything that you see in my life, it belonged to him. This church, the people here, everything I own, everything I use every day, God gave it to me. How can I withhold what's already his? When you learn a spiritual principle, that everything belongs to him. And everything is yours if you just live for him. Hey, my time is already gone. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.